Do you ever notice that you're completely clenched up? As in, your neck has gone missing, your jaw is a vice grip. I was joking about this with a friend that I've spent most of my adult life clenched from eyebrows to kneecaps, and we laughed. But when I reflected on it later, I realized I wasn't even joking. Maybe you're clenched up too, in the shoulders, in the jaw, in the neck. I started getting curious about this when my dentist asked if I was stressed because I'd clearly been grinding my molars for years. Every time I've had a massage, it's the same thing. Your shoulders and neck are basically a slab of concrete. So I asked an osteopath friend for her thoughts. I asked a yoga teacher and a therapist. I dipped into my dog-eared copy of Basil von der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps Score. What is it about this area of the neck and jaw, particularly for people with any tendencies towards perfectionism and people-pleasing, because a lot of friends and colleagues and clients have reported the same thing. Is this area like a proverbial lint trap for all the things we don't say for fear of confrontation or being disliked or things getting awkward? I wanted to know, so I invited Dominique Antiglio, an acclaimed sophrologist, best-selling author of The Life-Changing Power of Sophrology, and founder of leading online sophrology platform, BeSophro. She's also a regular speaker for Amazon, ASICS, the World Economic Forum, the UK government. I mean, okay, we're in good hands. She gives master classes to the Soho House, to Lululemon, and many others. And I'm super jazzed to share her with you. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Dr. Mandy Leto, executive coach and recovering perfectionist and overachiever. If your life looks shiny and successful from the outside, but inside, you're constantly questioning your good enoughness, this podcast is for you. I drop us right into today's conversation where I ask Dominique why the heck we are so clenched up. Ready? Let's roll. Basically, clenching muscle is a natural reaction to stress. So it's the fight or flight response that uh, you probably know about. It's basically when you have some sort of danger in nature, the body will start to find a way to make you stay alive. So either flying or, or fighting. And in order to do that, you need muscle power, you need to breathe more deeply, you need to have your heart racing up and uh, that's, that prepares you to save your life. So when you're no longer in the jungle and you are in your office at work and you are, um, you know, maybe having a, a, an, an animated conversation with a friend or something like that, you have the same response, like a stress response. When you focus a lot on a screen, when you worry about your future, when you pull this, this emotional time that we can live in modern life. So we clench our muscles and especially the, the region of the shoulders and the region of the neck and the, the jaw. These are very typical area where the body adds tension. And uh, basically because we, we often not aware of this tension and we don't let them flow by moving or by being aware that there is a level of stress, they stay in your muscle and it almost becomes a habit for the body. So unless you start to understand why you do that and to break that habit in a way, the message the body gives to this muscle is like stay clenched because there is a danger. So it's important to understand 
for each individual, what is that danger about, you know? And there's many causes why um, we, we can clench or have pain in this area of the body. So, And I'm curious in terms of this clenching and how the body almost has a, it almost bookmarks that position. Like this is, this is the status quo of how we are, because I notice a couple of things about myself. It, I notice that often if I'm reading something, I notice that my neck sort of disappears if I'm in deep work at the computer, for example. And sometimes I notice that I'm not even breathing or I'm breathing really, really shallowly. So is there some correlation as well with very shallow breaths or holding one's breath in those circumstances? Yes, totally. Uh, you know, as in my work as a sophologist and osteopath, uh, there's this thing about posture, for example. So the way you hold your head, uh, the time we spend in certain posture, like watching our phone, watching on a screen, there's a direct, direct link between eye movement and neck muscle, upper neck muscle, for example. So when you are looking at a screen for a long time and you are static, you will add on muscle tension. It's automatic. It will just happen in your upper neck. Uh, the lack of movement in modern life, this is a big one. You know, anything we do posturally for a long time uh, will affect the tension in the muscle. For example, if you think about um, moms, young moms lifting babies, for example, they often have pain in the wrist and they have pain in the shoulder or when you breastfeed or all these positions you, you adopt in daily life that are a bit static or repetitive. So, um, and of course, the breast is not only the breast is a reflection of your inner state. So if you are stressed, you impact on your breast. But your posture and the way you hold the tension in your body also affects your capacity to breathe through the vagus nerve, yeah? So if your cranial base and all the muscle in your upper neck are very tight and you have eye movement and you're concentrating, all of this gives neurologic input to your breathing system. And you, you might simply just stop breathing because of stress and because of posture and because, I mean, decrease breathing, hopefully not stop breathing, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I had no idea about the connection between eye movement and musculature in the neck. And I can't remember where I was reading it also, but the connection just as a, a point of interest, this connection between people who may have had trauma in childhood or may have had to disappear themselves all of a sudden when it got stressful at home. And it can be that there's a, there's like a, a almost like a disappearing, including with the breath when there's a moment of stress or confrontation. So I definitely notice that I don't go into fights. Like I often don't get bigger. I notice that my breathing gets very, very shallow. And I, you know, I, I'll disappear into myself as well because of some of those experiences that obviously my body is still holding. So there's so much interesting stuff happening with us from the neck down as well. Totally. And this, you know, it's a state of contraction, you know, like it, when you're relaxed, when you're flowing, when you feel light, your body is in that that opening, yeah? 
And when they are stressed, whatever they are, they might be old traumas, emotional trauma, also physical trauma. You know, people who've had a whiplash or who have had bad falls uh, from horse riding, for example, they can also carry uh, tension in their body and therefore these weakened area mechanically become are becoming the place where they hold tension yeah and emotionally of course you know um, they also we have to remember the neck and throat area it's also on a more um energetic level is its self-expression is 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 saying um, is who you are and is it it's it's participating in the conversation is being free to talk and uh, if you think about this area energetically in terms of um, chakra or the meaning of 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 this region it's all linked with that like your your ability to communicate your ability to say who you are in the world and uh, you know in osteopathy or in sophrology we don't distinguish like throat or neck it's it's kind of all working all together basically so you know everything is connected if you have a low back problem or an, uh, or some fear you you are going to contract your shoulder as well as, as your pelvis as well as, as your posture being different so it affects everything affects everything basically yeah it's so interesting because the previous guest is a woman called Natalie Costa. So she was on the previous episode and she was talking to us about how we can help our children and our girls in particular learn how to express anger, rage, and what we might deem challenging emotions that, you know, yes. maybe growing up. I was certainly not encouraged to feel anger. It wasn't ladylike. It, it was to be calm. How many times have we all heard that word? Calm yeah. down, which of course never has the effect of calming us down. Yeah, sure. But when I started practicing some of the techniques that Natalie suggested, so one of the things she said is what that we can help our daughters start to feel their emotions is to give an emotion that lives in your body a persona or a character. So she was working with a child who gave their anger the persona of tornado. Yeah. And that way we can learn how to separate from the feeling and we can express it with more ease. And I started to get really excited about this. So I named my own anger lava. And whenever <laughs> lava starts stirring, I imagined lava lives in a moat around the castle that is protecting some of my really tender emotions like shame, grief, fear, hopelessness, disappointment, anger, you know, all of those live in this castle that then the rage bubbles around like lava. And I noticed that lava has a special radio system that as soon as the lava starts coming up and I can feel it coming up, and all of a sudden, it's got this special walkie-talkie radio to talk to its coworker in my jaw that raised the drawbridge. And all of a sudden, I find that my like there's some correlation between anger and the jaw going. It's almost like don't you know, don't say anything and nothing blows up. So that it's so interesting to start to understand how these kind of patterns and beliefs and learnings that are connected to emotions can cause something, as you were just talking about, that this is the area of self-expression and releasing 
our opinions and all of these things. And I mean, that was a really real aha moment for me of learning the correlation between Lava and her coworker, the jaw, the jaw clencher. Beautiful. And I think it's what you say really illustrate that once you start to give yourself that space to feel and be aware and acknowledge uh, by definition, emotion don't stay with you forever. They last very, they don't last very long. Neuroanatomist Jill Bolt Taylor says that the lifespan of an emotion is, wait for it, about 90 seconds. Mind blown. I read that in Lisa Oliveira's beautiful book, Already Enough A Path to Self Acceptance. Oliveira says that as meaning-making machines, we create stories about our emotions, and those are the things that Velcro onto us. The emotions themselves are fleeting. That made me think about how often I felt anger or rage or disappointment or dissatisfaction, but held myself back from expressing it because I created a story that it would be inconvenient or unbecoming. I know, right? Or that the fallout of standing up for myself would be too risky because there might be confrontation, for heaven's sakes. So for years, I told myself I wasn't good at expressing emotions or that it would be messy and people would think less of me or that it would look like I didn't have myself under control. So it was best to keep all that shiz locked up and tidied away. It was having this conversation with Dominique that made me reflect on how much of that unexpressed emotion is stored somewhere in my body, I suspect around my neck and jaw. I used to have regular sore throats. I lost my voice a couple of times a year. Hmm, interesting, just thinking out loud here. So how about you? Can you start paying attention to when and where you clench up or when you hold your breath? Self-awareness is the first step to changing anything. Yoga and meditation teacher Julie Peters has written an article, which I'll link in the show notes, and she says, I'm paraphrasing it here, but when we feel an uncomfortable emotion, we'll often hold our breath. And to do that, we often clench the jaw. And when there's any kind of jaw discomfort, she adds that there's almost always something that's not being said, or some emotion that's not being expressed, or some need that's not being met. She offers some helpful questions that you might reflect on if you're a journaler. I've cherry-picked four of my favorite ones, but do go and check out the article link in my show notes if you want more of this. So question one, what do I need to say that I'm not saying? Question two, do I feel held, understood, and cared for in my emotional self? Question three, what do I do with my difficult emotions? And question four, what was I taught to do when I felt angry as a child or young adult? So let's get back to Dominique. I drop us back into the conversation where she's explaining that emotion does flow if we just let it. Then by definition, you, you, these emotions flow, they express themselves and they pass and they don't stay stuck in your body. So it's almost having a, a daily awareness or minute-to-minute -minute awareness of what is happening for me now. Like I've just hanged the phone with this person and I feel a tension somewhere or I feel a bit agitated. What, what is it? What is happening with me? Yeah. And also, you know, there's also 
technique to release all these old emotions in, in osteopathy, for example, they have a, a lot of emotional release technique. And we, 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 I used to be an osteopath, so I used to work with the jaw with the awareness of anger. And I can't tell you the number of people who on the table have released deep anger like sometimes screaming or even I've been through that on the osteopathic couch where suddenly you reach that place in the body where you there's this emotion coming from nowhere and you know exactly what it is all about and it's it's just being able to let it appear embrace it and and be okay about it and once it's released gosh your whole mechanics and your whole body and your whole cell just starts to breathe differently to hold yourself differently to and life has just got another light yeah it's it's just when you're able to release that what i would love is i know we're audio only i would love some techniques that people who are new to this and some of what you say today will be revolutionary for many many, many listeners. I would love some techniques that they could experiment with to start to unclench, to start to even notice that from the jaw down to wherever they are clenched up, as I said, like from jaw to the bottom of my butt, I have been pretty much rock solid for most of my adult life. So starting to do some of these practices, like some that I've learned from you has been a game changer. So take us, take us wherever you want to go first. Like what's one suggestion that you would give to listeners? Yeah. I think the principle, thank you, Mandy. I think the principle is about breathing and movement. Yeah. So it's, it's, if you have those two components, you're already uh, in a good place to start releasing anger, being more aware of it. So the first step in or anger or clenching, I mean, you know, generally like holding tension. And that can be anywhere in the body. It can be in the face or in the shoulders or in the butt, as you, you said before, yeah? Um, so um, basically, you know, one easy exercise that you, you can practice is uh, simply um, increasing the tension. So if you if you feel you have tense shoulder, you could simply inhale, and then tense your shoulder even more, like lift them uh, towards your ear a little bit or clench your fist and clench your arms, muscle. And then when you're ready, you exhale through the mouth perhaps and immediately you release your shoulder down or you you unclench your uh, jaw, for example, uh, and you try to relax. For example, you could do that sitting. So simply inhaling tensing every muscle of your body, increasing that tension and being aware, okay, I'm, I feel angry, I feel uh, frustrated, I feel stuck. And you just, you can even say this to yourself, I feel this way. And then when I exhale, I can decide to release it because actually that's the power you have. You can't change your past. You can't change the message that have been given to you in your childhood. But suddenly through your body, you can teach your body to just be, you know, in a different programming. Yeah. You can deprogram through through body awareness, a lot of these patterns. Yeah. So that would be one, inhaling, exhaling, and clenching, releasing. There's a one that I really like in sophology where you simply stand 
and you could shake your body in the way that even if it feels weird, like you find a space in your home and you you just give yourself permission to shake your arms, to shake, or even you could dance, you know, you could put a music on and move your body in a bit of a chaotic way, I would say. So that's uh, instead of being in this constriction, you you give yourself permission to express that uh, that held energy somehow. Yeah, we call it the ragdoll. So we, we jump on one spot and we let the whole body being completely floppy and letting your yourself breathe through this exercise, yeah, because when we do that, we we tend to wanting to do it well, so we hold the breath again, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to give yourself permission to breathe through it, and then there's a, a third one that is really nice is is the head rotation. So you could do this sitting at your desk, for example. So you exhale to empty your lungs completely. Then you inhale through your nose, you fill your lungs with air, you keep the air inside your lungs and you do a flexion, a slow flexion, a ex- uh, light extension of your head. So looking down and then looking up to the ceiling a few times. And when you're ready, you exhale. And then you pause and you listen to what it is that you feel. And sometimes all you can feel initially is tension. Yeah. And that's 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 the tricky bit, yeah. So you you just have to stay with that and understand that deprogramming tension takes repetition, and it's okay to feel tension because that's your body saying, "Hey, listen, I have something going on. Can you look after me?" Yeah. So um, you can do that. You can do the same with the rotation as well, or with a little shoulder pump as well, or what whatever feels right. And those long, slow exhale, generally you can do this when you drive, you can do this at your desk. They will uh, lower the stress in your sympathetic nervous system. Uh, they will calm muscle tension. So if you do like, I don't know, 15 long, slow exhale, you should start to feel the muscle tension in your entire body uh, decreasing a bit. There is three brilliant tools for you. So clench all your muscles, shoulders, fists, butt, squeeze, 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 and then exhale as you release, imagining all the tension leaving your body. I love doing that one on airplanes or even in bed if I get restless legs. So there's multiple uses for that one. Then there's Dominique's ragdoll shake it out. Great one to do while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. And then there's that deep inhale and holding the breath and doing that slow flexion, which means you're nodding very, very slowly whilst holding your breath. And then you exhale. And that's where you check in. This is your like sacred moment to check in mind and body. What is going on in your body? That connection, that collection of information in that point of connection is really, really useful. So you might write yourself a post-it note and stick it up somewhere that will remind you to do this stuff. They work, but you have to remember to do it. Remember Susie Redding from episode 28, which is, by the way, my most downloaded episode. So go back and check it out if you haven't already. Susie is a self-care pioneer and author of eight brilliant books and a new fantastic set of self-care cards. And I like to think of her as a sparky, super kind mind and body Yoda. Her work, like Dominique's, has been really helpful in my own journey. So Susie, I want to welcome you back to play with us for a bit 
I'm curious about your take on why we hold so much tension in our jaw. I think this is how we literally muscle our way through our day. And it shows up in our jaw because we're chomping down on those things that maybe it would be harmful to say out loud. You know, it's, it's the words we haven't said. It's the facial expressions that we haven't shown. So it, it's, it's not just tech stress. It's not just a physical manifestation. This is, this is mental and emotional stress as well. So we've got some tools from Dominique, and I'm curious what you might recommend for us. For the shoulders, we need a freedom of movement. So I'd I'd be doing the chicken wing shoulder rolls to free the shoulder, to release the chest, because the thing is when we get round there, like you said, it diminishes our ability to breathe. So the chicken wing shoulder roll frees the shoulder joint, but it's also a breathing practice. It's very powerful for that reason. So we need fingertips on shoulders to form our little chicken wing. And then it's the inhale, elbows up, and exhale, elbows back and down. It's always up, back and down because that's the the rotation that draws us into that tall upright posture that connects us with personal power. Yeah. Um, So that's the first one. That's for the shoulders. That feels really good. It's really freeing, isn't it? Mm. And then let's build on that. So, you know, that sense of we've lost our neck, you know, sometimes we need to use a little bit of exertion to trigger the physical relaxation. So I'd suggest the shrug and sigh. So with that, let's squeeze shoulders up to ears. And then as we exhale with a sigh, (sighs) let your day drop from your shoulders. You don't have to hold it together every minute of the day. Shoulders up, exhale with a sigh. (sighs) Let it go. It's all right to release. It's all right to have a little breather. Yeah. It's really cleansing just to do even a couple of those. Yeah, that's it. One will do it right? And then for the jaw itself, I think just bringing our awareness to the face um, with a little pitter-patter of the fingertips across the cheekbones, just really gently. As you do that, maybe open and close the mouth a couple of times, consciously softening your jaw, softening the tongue, softening your eyes. We are releasing all of those things we haven't said, all of those facial expressions we haven't shown. And then let's strokes, fingertips firmly down from cheekbones down to the bottom of the jaw, really firm stroke and allow your mouth to open as you do so. You'll feel there's a very thick band of muscle that's called the TMJ that gets super tight. Yeah. So stroking downwards across that muscle. Oh my God. And then we need to Incredibly good doing that. (laughs) I'm so pleased. We need to finish with a little tenderness. So, can we rub hands together to create warmth? And then let's cup the chin in our hands, letting the fingertips curl round to the temples. Let your chin drop a little towards your chest. Close your eyes. And just remind yourself that you are deserving of kindness, you are deserving of tenderness. And that we, ex- we can extend those things to ourselves. We can be our own calm, safe place. Thank you, Susie. Let's go back to Dominique for the final brick of wisdom. Life is an invitation to, to basically learn to go through our day in a more 
in a lighter way, yeah, to take things less seriously and to 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 invite your body and your mind to flow through your day in a little bit less urgent way, yeah. And I think learning these exercises, learning these simple tools, will help you do that because at the end of the day, we, I I believe we're on this planet to also enjoy our time and to make the most of connection and relationships and whatever we do, we, we can learn to do it with a bit more lightness and a bit more joy. What I'm hoping you'll take away from this episode is awareness. First, that you might in fact be clenching, be it your jaw, face, neck, or wherever, and get curious about it. Go to my website and find those questions from Julie Peters to journal on from this episode. If you're a journaler, can be really helpful. And try some of Dominique's and Susie's techniques to start releasing those areas on the regular. After the recording, Dominique and I were also just talking as a debrief. And she also mentioned that singing is a great way to start releasing that throat chakra area. So start belting out your favorite tunes. It's good for you. If you know any fellow clenchers, please share this episode and your Apple podcast reviews. Make me sing out loud. I promise. I'm in a Shania Twain phase. And did you see her documentary on Netflix, by the way? So good. But I digress. So thank you for listening. Let's do this all again in two weeks.